0: this is NFL not Sunday with Ryan Hannibal the ultimate football podcast Let's get started with NFL not Sunday now here's Ryan Hannibal.
1: Welcome back to the Not Sunday Podcast. We haven't done one of these in a long time, so there's a lot to get to, plenty to get to with the Patriots. A lot of good stuff coming up with our guest, Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated, who really does a great job with film breakdowns, and he touched on a lot of Patriots stuff, as well as some Titan stuff going into this week. But before we get to that, just some general thoughts on the Patriots. And I think we got to start with Rob Gronkowski and his status. Obviously, he's missed two out of the last... Three games, missed the game against the Bears, played against the Bills, but then missed this past week against the Packers. And I just think it's time for Rob Markowski's expectations to sort of be lowered. I think things need to turn to be focused on the playoffs and getting him right for the playoffs. Obviously, his ankle and and back injuries are going to get better with playing. They're only going to get better with rest. And when you look at the schedule, games against the Titans, the bye week, and then the Jets. I think it's just time to rest Rob Gronkowski for the next three weeks and, and try to do what it takes to get him healthy for the playoffs because that's, what that's what's most important right now. His incentives are pretty, pretty out of reach. He's not going to get those. So really the only thing that matters for him Smartly is play. winning. So and you're seeing this guy on, winning on his in way in the playoffs, up. playing oh, in games, it's going to help that. And I just think it's time for the Patriots to take a more cautious approach with Rob Gronkowski. And while it may be hard to convince him to do – I just think it's best for him to sit. These three weeks might do a heck of a lot of good come January and February when the team needs him most. So, I just think it's time for them to sit Rob Gronkowski and do whatever they can to get him as healthy as possible for the stretch run. Then with, with Josh Gordon, I think that, you know, he's exceeded expectations. When he got here in September, it was just, you know, the expectations were... If he got on the field and contributed, that was just a bonus. And they only gave a fifth-round pick for him. And he's played in six games. He seems to get a little bit better each and every week. While, you know, I will say that I don't think he's picked up things as as well as some might, have, might say. Um, he's running pretty much the same couple of routes. Just go routes and slant routes. There's no real timing routes yet. We've seen a little bit where he's not on the same page fully as Tom Brady. But I still think they're getting there, and Tom Brady and the rest of the Patriots seem to be talking Gordon up each and every week, praising him for you know how he's come in and learned the offense and done what he can, and I think there is something to be said for that. I think that it's really hard for a player to come in here in the middle of the season and learn the offense, and Gordon's done pretty much as well as anyone else has and you know going on his past he seems to turn his life around he's got a fresh start here in new england which i think has helped him out a lot i think the football culture here has helped him a lot and i think this is the perfect place for him to turn his career around and i think if things continue the way that they have so far he could you know make he could really turn things around for himself and he's going to be a free agent after this year And who knows if he returns or not, but I think that he resurrected his football career, and coming to the Patriots was the perfect team for that. Um, On the defensive side of the ball, I think things have improved a lot, and we've seen this year after year. Whereas you get into November, things start to turn for whatever reason. Whether, you know, the coaching staff just has this building process and finally the teams the team is able to to accomplish that, or if it's just players buying into things more, getting more comfortable with each other, just for whatever whatever reason it is, the defense gets better, you know, once the calendar turns to November and they have their best performance of the year last Sunday against the Packers. I mean, holding Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' offense to 17 points, a lot needs to be said for that. And the pass rush especially was definitely the best all season. You saw in the NFL films clips with Bill Belichick. He was very excited for that. You saw him on the sidelines during the game. Way more clapping for him. Just He was actually happy, believe it or not. And I think that just shows how much... Progress the defense has made, and they were just building on the week before against the Bills. I mean, obviously you can't really you know give much credence to anything done against the Bills without bad that offense is. But they took it to another level this past week against the Packers. Be the same thing again this week against the Titans. Their offense is obviously a little bit better than the Bills, but not quite to the level of the Packers. But for them to continue the way that they're performing, they need to you know keep this same level of play moving forward. Because they're gonna need it in the playoffs. I don't think this offense is gonna be able to score, you know, 30, 35 points in the playoffs. So they're gonna need their defense to come up big and you know hold these teams to 17, 20, 24 points to just give them a chance in the playoffs. Because I just don't think this offense has what it takes to score, you know, 30, 35 points in the playoffs against some of the better defenses in the entire NFL. So enough of me yapping. Let's get to our guest, Andy Benoit. And we're here with Andy Benoit, NFL writer for MMQB Sports Illustrated, specializes in film breakdowns. I encourage all of you to to check him out. Really does a great job. Thanks for joining me, Andy. Hey Ryan, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I just want to get your general takes on, on what you've seen on film with the Patriots this year. Any you know, schemes that have stood out, any players, what have you seen? Well, I mean, with-
0: get a variety of things and I I think what gets overlooked at least on their offensive side is they're really more of a power running team than people realize James Devlin's a big part of what they do they line up, they run a lot of traditional handoffs we've seen lately it's worked with even Cordero Patterson back there and one of the reasons it works so well for them is they are very good at spreading out into empty formations out of those power running packages so Devlin's out there at fullback but they spread out to empty and they can throw the ball as if they were in a three-receiver set. Really, the only other team that does that is San Francisco. So defenses don't see it a lot. They're less prepared for it, and... The versatility, what it also does is inherently creates matchups for wide receivers inside, which means they're facing linebackers and safeties if it's zone coverage. So it's a really well-schemed offense, a lot more traditional than people realize, and the stuff they do that's untraditional, like those empty formations, they only work because New England's so good at the traditional
1: stuff. Mm What have you seen from, from Josh Gordon on tape? Just from from my perspective, it seems like while he's an athletic freak, obviously he still seems to be picking up the offense a little bit just with the routes he's running. It's not like a lot of timing routes where he has to decide you know, what to do with Brady. It's more of just goes and slants. Have you seen some of the same?
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Brady has developed more trust in, in Gordon each week. There seems to be about two or three cases every game where Brady gives him a 50-50 So it's, I think that's overall, I, my guess is if the Patriots were answering this honestly, they'd say Gordon's a little further ahead than they thought, and they have bigger plans for him as the season moves forward.
1: Mm-hmm. What are some of the types of things they could do with Gordon in this offense? Like you mentioned this up before about spreading things out, what What do you think You know, could be coming down the line with Gordon? What type of route do you think he could be most successful at?
0: Well, that's I, I, what you're really can he play inside and how expansive can his route trees be from inside and that's an interesting question um, New England and I'd love to spend time with, with their offensive meetings and their staff and see how they're coaching their wide receivers because they've taken other guys who you wouldn't think of as out uh, inside receivers and they have played them inside before Chris Hogan's a great example so I don't, even though the Patriots have the classic inside shifty slot receiver in Julian Edelman. I don't know if they need that type of guy in order to be formationally versatile and have Gordon play inside. Uh, if they do that, I would imagine you'll see him on seam routes. I don't think he would be a particularly great underneath option route runner, but uh, that, that's something to keep in mind, something to watch out for. The nice thing is they don't have to do that. If they keep Gordon outside all
1: season long, they've got other guys that can still service them inside. hmm what do you think of, of James White, and just you know, watching film from other teams around the league? Do you still think he's the guy that doesn't get the recognition he deserves? Uh, maybe
0: a little bit. I think I think people realize he's good. He plays on national TV a lot. He's, he's very productive, so I think his recognition is, is commensurate with his impact. But there are—I don't know if everybody understands why he's so good what it means within the context of New England's offense. Where he's most productive is when he lines up on the weak side of an unbalanced formation. So picture three receivers on one side, one receiver on the other. James White is very good when he lines up in the backfield on that one receiver side. And the Patriots are very good at creating route combinations with him and that one receiver, and especially in the red zone when it's him and Rob Gronkowski on that weak side. So I, I really am Every time I watch them, they do a really nice job of getting white opportunities on high-low route concepts, and he has a really good feel for the timing and the subtleties of the spacing that comes on those routes, and that's a big reason Tom Brady is so efficient at getting to him on those checkdowns. And they're not always, they look like checkdowns, sometimes they're just the way the play is designed.
1: Mm-hmm. And then getting to the other side of the ball, is there anything defensively you can pinpoint that might be different this year with Brian Flores leading the way as opposed to Matt Patricia?
0: Not off the top of the- my head, not not really they're not a big blitzing team still and Patricia's Lions have been even less of a blitzing defense so that's the philosophy that comes down under the, the Belichick uh, umbrella I would imagine uh, they are traveling corners probably a little bit more than they did under Flores and I think Stephon Gilmore is playing better and that helps but overall it's in New England what they do is they line up in they two gap up front and they play matchup coverage on the outside And then they do a great job with their safeties, using them as different help zone defenders inside. And McCord is a big part of that. And Patrick Chung is a very big part of that. So that's their foundation. Now, from that foundation, you get a lot of different wrinkles. And uh, it's a matter of how you deal with those wrinkles as an offense.
1: Mm. What have you seen from Stephon Gilmer on tape? And did you think he's, you know, one of the emerges one of the top cornerbacks in the entire NFL? Yeah
0: been that at other times in his career. He was not that last season early on. He struggled at times with some of their Uh, man-to-man coverage concepts when they were facing different stack releases and switch releases and pick routes. They've been much sounder there this season. Really, they got sounder down the stretch last season. Uh, So, yeah, I think Gilmore, I mean, I'm going to consider him for one of my cornerbacks on the all-pro voting this year, at least if if I had to vote today. Um, He's very good at the top of routes. He understands how to finish uh, getting in
1: man coverage. He's physical in the right ways. I think he's been very impressive this season. Does he fit better with the Patriots than maybe the system up in Buffalo? Well, when
0: he was in Buffalo with Rex Ryan, they played a lot of quarters coverage, cover four. And in cover four, the corners typically line up and play man-to-man outside. It amounts to -to man-to-man in a lot of scenarios. So it's it's not hugely different. Uh, I don't think it's a big difference other than Gilmore travels around more in New England than he did in Buffalo. But that's just a function
1: of in new england they call more straight man coverage rather than cover Mm four what have you seen from trey flowers he seems like a player that's you know keeps getting better as the years go on with his career he's in a free agent year do you think he's you know one of the better defensive ends in football
0: oh absolutely he is i mean we we always hear about his technique and how sound he is and you see that his hand usage is extraordinary and what happens with guys who have good technique and can build on that is they get more efficient with it so they play faster. They play more effectively and they become more explosive and we're seeing that with Trey Flowers. Uh, he's always been that way in run defense. I think we're seeing it more in his
1: pass rush this season, which is important because they don't have a lot of pass rushers there. Mm-hmm. Now, they're playing the Titans this week, and obviously one of the big stories up here is Malcolm Butler, who is ranked as one of the the worst cornerbacks by pro football focus, allowing the most catches, most yards, and most touchdowns. Have you seen anything stood out in the way that he's covering players this year that maybe could be a reason for the, the increase in numbers against him?
0: Yeah, or the way he's not covering players yes. this year. It's, uh, it's you know, he's, when he was in New England, when he struggled, and he was a pretty good player a lot of the time, but uh, where he struggled was on slower developing routes sometimes. And on quick Timing routes, bang, bang, timing, quick hitting stuff. He was always very good. It always served his aggressiveness well. For whatever reason, we're not seeing him as good on those quicker timing routes. And the slower developing stuff can still be an issue. So, I, 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 with a back here, it's such a reactionary position that once offenses start smelling blood and they start smelling it when they see you're filmed during the week. So they go into the game smelling the blood. They go after you. And you fall. I think it's an easy position to fall into a slump at. Uh, He's got to just play his way out of it. And it might get harder. I mean, I I imagine he'll stay on the field, but he has already started losing some snaps to a Dory Jackson, which I understand. I think Jackson's a better all-around corner anyway. Uh, But I think his only hope right now is to keep doing what he's doing and just try to do it better because where he's struggling is in matchup coverage and there's not a lot you can do other than just, it's like a hitter at, at the plate who struggles. You just got to refine your technique and work your way out of it.
1: How do you think things, things will go this week with him against the Patriots? Who would you have him cover? I, I would think maybe Adelman out of the slot. Is that something you would see or do you see him going with someone else? Well,
0: typically they play Logan Bryant in the slot for Tennessee and then Jackson played the slot at times last year and he, he's He's pretty good on those quicker guys. So I would imagine we'll see Logan Ryan in the slot, though, and and have him where his physicality applies so well. The Titans played a lot of zone coverage early in the season, and maybe that's the solution right there. Because Butler has played on the right side a lot there. Uh, They don't like to travel their corners, even though they've got three guys who can travel theoretically. So maybe we just see them settle things down by playing zone coverage. The problem with that is if you do that again and again or you keep on the right side again and again. At some point, you're going to get Josh Gordon over there, and that's not a great way to break out of a slump if you're a cornerback.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, just on the, the Titans specifically, they're the number one ranked defense in the league. What are they doing so well, and that's allowed them to do that?
0: for one, Kevin Byard's a big deal with what they do. He can match up. He can come down in the box. He's a good blitzer when they call up on him, and he is a very good rangy help defender down the middle of the field. So when you're comfortable in the back end, it's kind of like what Seattle had with Earl Thomas years ago. You're comfortable in the back end. Coaches will tell you that does a lot for what they feel they can do up front. They're more willing to take chances. They're more willing to try things. They're more willing to specialize their coverages for that week's opponent. So everything gets better with that Kind of security blanket at free safety. I think that's the big starting point there. And then even though Butler hasn't played well, they, overall they still have a good cornerbacking unit. They have one where they can trust guys to play in solo coverage across the board. So that also gives you schematic flexibility.
1: Mm-hmm. One more question before I let you go. You look at the Chiefs offense and obviously they've had a ton of success so far. Do you see a scenario where maybe the league sort of catches on to what they're doing and, and they funnel they you know slow down towards the end of the year? Or do you see them keep evolving each week and they just could keep this pace the rest of the year?
0: Well, we've seen the league catch up to the Chiefs' offense before in the second half, see it happened last year at times. So I think there is some of that in play. What's different is they've got a different guy at QB now, a guy who can beat you with his legs and his arm. He's a real talent. Uh, the speed factor of Tyreek Hill there's a lot of cases where the defense they can know what's coming but no, nobody's fast enough to run with Hill and then Kelsey's a tough matchup obviously as well so the Chiefs have a lot of weapons and the guys behind those weapons, Sammy Watkins when he's healthy I think Kareem Hunt's better this year than last year they've gotten better which makes it uh, easier to fall back off of those weapons so overall Ryan it's, it's just a more talented Chiefs offense than before so I think I would be surprised if someone up to them, but we have seen that in past years when
1: it was the Alex Smith show. Hey Andy, thanks a through for your time. I encourage again, all of our listeners, to check out your work at MNKB.com. Really great with the film breakdowns and everything you do. Thanks a lot again. Yeah, thank you,
0: Rain.